Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm Finn. And I'm Dan. And this is Almost Bedtime Theater, a podcast about playing role-playing games with kids. In this episode, we are reviewing and playing The Fae Team, a game about a squad of talented woodland creatures with fairy powers tackling urgent missions in the human world. So, full disclosure time, I'm actually the one who wrote this game, so this episode will be less of a review and more of a description about what the game entails, plus, of course, the actual play. The Fae Team is a hack of John Harper's one-page RPG, Lasers and Feelings, and was inspired by the TV show The A-Team, except with magic-wielding animals instead of soldiers of fortune. It comes as a small booklet with 14 half-sheet pages that cover character creation, the core dice mechanic, five pages of info for folks planning to run the game, and the character sheet. It is available through itch.io for $5, which includes a separate character sheet PDF in case you want to print that off separately. A link to the game will be in the show notes. To play the game, you'll need at least one person to run the game and one person to be a player. Each player will need a character sheet and something to write with. You'll also want four six-sided dice so you can get by with fewer if need be. We've been rating games we play on a scale of simple, moderate, or complex based on how complicated the rules are, how much information has to be tracked during the game, and how easy it is to pick up and play. Based on that, the Fae team falls under simple. All dice rolls are done by players. When it comes to rolling, if the character is trying to do something calm or precise, they want to roll low. If they are trying to do something spirited or physical, they want to roll high. The threshold used to determine success is a number the player picks during character creation, so they can have a character that is more likely to succeed for certain types of roles, or one that is pretty balanced. Speaking of character creation, the booklet takes you through the process step by step. In addition to picking your dice roll target number, you choose a species, a word that describes you, and a special power. After that, it's just a matter of naming your character and coming up with a team motto. You also have a piece of equipment, but you get to declare what it is when you want to use it rather than during character creation. And we should point out that you can end up getting to roll extra dice when you attempt something risky if your character description lines up with the action that you're taking, like if your sneaky character is trying to slip by someone unnoticed, or if you're using your special powers. Each die is then an extra chance to succeed against your threshold number, and the more times you succeed, the better the outcome. Do you have any suggestions for somebody who's about to run the game for the first time, Daddy? I would say think about what elements of a game you feel the least comfortable with and make those the focus of your prep, which is true for any game that you're going to run. But the prep I aim for in particular is creating a short list of fun NPCs with a bit of description for each and giving some thought to the location that the players are going to be in. Is it complicated enough that some sort of map would be helpful, or can I stick to theater of the mind and just describe as we go? And if I don't have time to make a map beforehand, I'm going to make sure it's the latter. The other suggestion I have is that if you're trying to get started quickly and don't have much prep time, you could roll on the various tables in the create an adventure section to get a basic plan. And then you could let the players use the book to go through character creation while you take those few minutes to flesh out the adventure a bit more and think about it. The booklet's designed to really hold their hands and walk them through that process if need be. Anything else you'd like to bring up? Nope. Okay. If you'd like to get in touch with us with a question, comment, or suggestion, you can email us at almostbedtimetheater at gmail.com or find us on Twitter as at almostbedtime. And now, let the adventure begin. Wee-ha!
Okay. Who would like to introduce their character first? I can tell you okay. want to. I so want to. Okay. <laughs> so my character's name is Bubble, the convincing frog, and my fairy gift is fairy wings. My number is four, which means I'm good at whiskers. All right. <laughs> and, and whiskers being those calm, precise, or mental actions. Okay. Rachel? So, my name is Sir Squiggles III. I am a sneaky fox, and my fairy gift is plant magic. My target number is three, which means I'm better at claws. And claws being those wild, spirited, or physical actions. Okay. So, just to cover the, the basics, here are this, this crack team of very skilled animals. You understand all these different animal languages and human languages, and you are trained or have been trained to go on these missions into the human world and take care of problems when fairies can't go, because the fairies have to be very careful about anybody knowing they exist. They're always trying to hide that from the humans. But if there's an extra raccoon or an extra fox cruising through town, that can go completely unnoticed. And so that's why you're so good at what you do. For one reason or another, you all got framed for something that you didn't do, a crime you did not commit, and you're on the run from the Sun Guard, who are like the official fairy guard. You used to be part of them. Now you're on the run because you, you know, somebody set you up. So what happens now is you're just out and about on your own, helping people as things come up. You're the good guys, but you're on the sly and taking care of problems. It isn't common for you to receive requests for aid directly since not many people know how to find you. But this time, that's exactly what happened. The message simply said, meet me at Moonrise, and was signed Three Pines. So the real question is, what does the gargoyle known as Three Pines need with the like of the Fey team? That's what brought you to the edge of a glade where three tall pine trees form a triangle around a stout gargoyle. As you watch, you notice there is a fairy sitting at the gargoyle's base, talking rather emphatically to herself and repeatedly thumping the large book that she's holding. What kind of entrance would you like to make? And this is a part where there aren't any roles involved. Feel free to show off your powers or anything else. So how does your character decide to waltz in and make themselves known? Can I use my grappling hook? I totally have one! If you want to say you're something useful as a grappling hook and use it, feel free. Use my grappling hook on one of the trees and just swing in, do a backflip, but land on my back and be like, ow! That's going to install confidence for sure. Ooh, I can fly, can't I? You can fly. Yeah, you got wings. Then I'll fly in and land on her head. The gargoyle is completely unmoved. It, it, it's totally being in rock right now. But the fairy, who's hanging out at its base, is clearly startled. When the fox comes flying out of nowhere and then slams on its back and says, ow, and then just watches, jaw dropped as a frog with wings comes into play. And then she says, you must be the Fey team. I really just want to pull out a top hat right now from who knows where, pop it on my head, do a like bow, and be like, yes, at your service. Can I have a monocle? If the fox has a hat, you can have a monocle. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> frog monocle. Right. Well, well, great. Great. I was I'm so glad that you uh, that you could make it. My my name is Misty and I'm 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 one of the royal clerks. It's it's my job to to you know, keep an eye on some of the things in the in the human world and and one of the towns that I'm responsible for 
there's been there've been reports of hauntings that have me a little bit worried that maybe well i i think maybe there is a a mischievous fairy there causing problems somebody slipped across into the human world and maybe causing problems now now the sun guard says that it's probably just the humans doing what humans do cuz it's almost what did they call it halloween but i I don't know. I was talking to Three Pines here. She gestures over her shoulder at the at the gargoyle. And they said that the the gargoyle that's there in that town hasn't been responding to to requests for information. So I'm I'm just I was hoping maybe you could go check since the sun guard won't. Catapult the go. <laughs> I I'm going to take that as a yes. Yes. Oh, 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 okay. Great, great, great. Right. So as best I can tell, I'm, or at least from what I've been hearing, it might be humans. I, I, I suppose that, you know, it could be that, in which case everything's fine. We just need to know. Or it could be, it could be a fairy dragon. You know, they're, they're known for, for sneaking in and they, they like to do a lot of illusions and, and get people kind of riled up or you know, that kind of thing. They can also like make themselves look like they're human. So that's why I'm thinking maybe, maybe it's one of them or maybe, or maybe it's a puka. And you're aware that a puka is basically this shapeshifter. It can look like any number of animals. It can look like a human. If it looks like a human, though, there's always there's always an animal trait. It might still have animal ears or it might have a tail. It can't do a perfect human. She says the thing with the pukas, though, is that instead of being illusions, they could actually make stuff happen. They could make things float through the air. They could make things slam together and make weird sounds. So I don't know which one you're up against. Humans, fairy dragon illusions, or pukas causing trouble. But my bet is it's one of the three. Do you have any questions? Nope. All right. You gotta say something, not just shake your head. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am shaking my head right now. Well, great. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing back from you soon. And she turns over to the gargoyle and she says, "Take it away." And when a gargoyle talks, they don't have to move their mouth. It's like this vibration from deep inside, and it just kind of rumbles and articulates it. And you hear it say, Dell above the dilly, high for me. And then it starts opening its mouth wider and wider and wider and wider. And you can see that inside, there's like this shimmer. And then it starts to spin and spiral and then split and open and a passage is created into the human world. You can see on the other side, it looks like it's the top of a roof. Night has fallen. There's a lot of colored lights over there. You leap right into the gargoyle's mouth. What's it feel like when you go through these portals? Like walking through I think like jello. A, yeah, going through jello and like a stretching sensation, like stretching, then squishing, then stretching. Dead puh. Like you're going <laughs> to spit out of someone's mouth. Indeed. You are on top of a flat roof of what looks like a two-story building. There is a huge yellow moon in the sky, and there's lots of happy shouts coming from down below. It's the sounds of quite a few people down there. And there's the smell of fried food. It's just floating up from down below. What would you like to do? Is it like, is it a Halloween party? Because she said it was almost Halloween. It is Halloween. So if you go and take a look over the edge... It's this cozy little main street setup going on here. There's lots of old shop fronts that are lining the street. There's like a florist. There are several places that are selling antiques. 
There's a deli. There's a very busy candy shop. The kids are definitely all wearing costumes, and many of the adults are as well. And they're trick-or-treating from shop to shop, basically. And there's some vendors set up in the street, and that's where the, the fried foods and stuff they're selling, and trinkets and glow sticks and stuff like that. Lots of Halloween decorations hanging from the, the streetlights. So yes, it's definitely Halloween. I want to listen to what video. people are talking about. Yeah, if people are talking about the hauntings. Okay. How would you like to attempt that? Could hide in the bushes. And my top hat could have like a hole cut in it, so bubbles can look out for my top hat. And if I hide in a bush, then I could use my plant magic to make it thicker, so that it was harder for the people to see us. So Sir Squiggles the Third, the fox, wearing a top hat with a hole in it and a bow tie. To blend in has bubbles under, like bubbles is in the hat on, on their head. Okay. And can look out through the hole and you're going to hide in a bush and use your plant magic to make it nice and thick. Okay. Got it. Well then that sounds, that sounds like it's a role for Sir Squiggles the third. You're going to start with a 1d6, but you get to add more dice to it under certain situations. So are you attempting to do something in line with your trait? What's your trait again? Sneaky. Sneaky. So you're trying to listen in sneakily so that you've got two D6. Now, are you using your fairy gift as part of the attempt? Sounds like if you're trying to make the plants thicken up around you just right to prevent people from seeing you, but still let you listen. So go ahead and add another D6. All right, Sir Squiggles, you you do have three dice to work with. So that's pretty solid there. What am I trying to do? Okay. What you are up against is that you are trying to do something here that I would call a calm, precise kind of action. This sit still and listen quietly. So you're trying to roll your target number or lower on any one of those dice. You're trying to get as many successes as you can. I've got huh. a four, a one, and a three. All right. Your target was a three. So you got your number or lower twice. That means that you did well. Good job. Now, when you rolled, one of your dice came up equal to your target number. That means that you also get some special insight into what's going on here. You get to ask me a question, and I have to answer it honestly. And there's a list of example questions you can pick from. Well, actually, before that happens, I just want to tell you a little bit you have to work with. So you're sitting in there. You're in this shrubbery. People are not noticing the fact that there's a fox with a bow tie and a top hat in there. And um, you are hearing the kids are totally just having fun. You know, they're yelling, shouting and trading candy and so on. But there are a couple adults who just happen to be hanging out next to this flower garden. And yes, they are expressing some concerns about, did, did you hear about the ghost? You know, Oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. And, you know, I saw some video of the candy floating through the air. It's probably a hoax, right? Yeah, it's got got to be a hoax, but it, it looked pretty real. I don't know. I don't see how they could have managed that. So that's what you're hearing. Oh. Yes. What's your the question? Buka, the dragon thingy. A human or the fairy? Like, what's causing this thing? Who's, Who's really behind this? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Who's behind this? Hmm. All right. So you he's are listening in. The, he's going to give you the most unhelpful answer possible he right is. now. <laughs> you have to answer, answer honestly, Daddy. I do. I do. You can you can tell he's just trying to think of unhelpful answers that would still like answer my question, technically. Dang. <laughs> you know what I mean, Daddy. Oh, I do know what you mean, because that's exactly what I was trying to do. <laughs> All right. What you are picking up from listening to people and their concerns is that you are definitely under the impression that this is a fairy issue. And 
while you're trying to figure out what might it be, there's a rustling in your your, your shrubbery and a pigeon that's kind of hanging upside down from some of the plant matter that you grew out there pokes its head into the depths of the shrubbery where you are and says, what you doing? I answer back. What you doing? You got any fries? No, but I think the person over there does. That's cool. I like fries. Do you like fries? Oh, man, I love fries. Hey, why don't you go get some fries from that person over there and then we can share some fries together? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I can go get some fries. I get fries all the time because I'm always, you know, going up and down getting fries. I'll go get some fries. Bye. Bye. Run the other direction. Run. 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 So, uh, Sir Squiggles <laughs> with top hat containing frog tears out of the shrubbery and charges <laughs> across the street. Where are you headed? And what are you trying to do? Well, I want to go the opposite direction that the pigeon went. Okay. So that the, the pigeon went over to one of the food carts to, to uh, snag some goods. So you're... I'm bad because I'm just dumping them. I'm just like, yep, bye. Get out of here. Might have been a useful pigeon. That pigeon is You're sus. Ah, uh, I was wondering how long before you would consider something sus. I think I'm uh, stay in the bush, actually. You know, oh, you want to stay in the shrubbery? Okay. Yeah, what you said about it could be a useful pigeon. You, you hang on for a few minutes in your little shrubbery, continuing to listen for clues. Pigeon comes back. It's got a whole mouthful of fries, which, oh, for a pigeon is maybe two fries. How many fries? <laughs> anyway, spits out a couple fries, starts eating the fry. What you doing? Eats the fry. So sharing fries with a pigeon. Oh, that's nice. You're nice. Keeps eating fry. Do you do you live here? You always around this area? Oh yeah, yeah. This is a great place. You can get so many fries. Have you heard anything suspicious? As in about like a haunting thing? Some of the humans are pretty excited about that. They were all talking about how it's Halloween and stuff's floating, and that's pretty cool. Because you know humans, they can't fly, so floating stuff gets them real excited. Here's a funny thing. You know what you smell like? No. What do I smell like? You smell kind of like that guy. Where did that guy go? Oh, he went down the street not long ago. I just thought it was funny because he didn't smell like, you know, everybody else here. He didn't smell like fries. What did he smell like? You know that smell when something is like kind of blue, but then also sparkly? That smell. That was a good fry. Any other descriptions for it? It, it was also a crispy fry. Maybe, maybe sort of a... No, 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 like, any other descriptions for the smell that you smelled on that guy that walked down the street not too long ago? Oh, maybe a little furry. What did he look like? Oh, totally human. I mean, absolutely like a human, you know? He was... The the two legs, the arms, no beak, ears. What kind of ears? Just like human ears, you know? With the the bends and the pokey bits? Puka. No, pokey. I said pokey bits. Do you want another fry? Sus. Sus. Sus moment. What's your name, pigeon? Hutch. Ah, yeah, Hutch. Well, we're off to follow that guy. Which way down the street did he go? Oh, he headed towards the chocolate connection. They don't have fries, but sometimes they have some really good chocolate raisins. So which way down the street is that? We're new here. Oh, you know, off that way. Kind of gestures with a wing. Okay, thank you. All right, so you leave behind Hutch the pigeon, and you start heading down the street towards the chocolate connection. There are plenty of people around, but it starts getting uh, a little noisier, a little busier. People start shifting and moving off the street as coming down the street is the Halloween parade. There's lights. There's music. It's big parade floats of jack-o'-lanterns and people singing. And crossing the street has suddenly got a lot more tricky. 
And there are a lot more people on all the sidewalks, and they're all paying attention to the street. So you've got that. But you also got Halloween tunes cranking. So that could be nice. Lots of lots of lights. It's like Christmas lights, but they're all purples and oranges. And there's stuff with black light and people dancing around like skeletons with, with big glow sticks on their arms. It's pretty cool. But yeah, that totally is kicked off. The chocolate connection is on the other side of the street. Because it has to be. I know. I figured once once you started talking about how suddenly got a lot harder to cross the street, even though we hadn't been talking about crossing the street, I was like, we probably have to cross the street. I can fly. Surely it wouldn't be very conspicuous I if I fly. flew across the parade. Yeah. So you've got the chocolate connection. There was also a deli. And you are aware that gargoyles are named after the place they hang out. So above the deli would be where you would potentially find the other gargoyle if you want to check that out. Bubbles goes over to the chocolate connection thingy and I grab and hook up to the top of the deli. Let's go with Bubbles. You let loose your wings. They, they glitter a bit in the dark, but there's so much other lights. You're able to fly yourself up and over to the other side of the road where you observe the chocolate connection. It is... A very nice building. It's all done in dark browns. They've got these huge windows with all these little chocolates. Inside, there's tons and tons of just anything you want. Generic little chocolate beans to like chocolate bars that weigh 10 pounds. You can see that's going on. Lots of people going in and out because that's where they want to trick or treat. If they're going to hit anywhere. So I'm trying to look for someone who stands out somehow. Hmm. That sounds to me like it is another whiskers roll. You automatically get the one die. Your trait probably doesn't fall in, but if you're kind of gliding around using your wings, getting yourself up above the crowds, you can see better. I would say that that would be a a viable extra die. That work for you? I'm rolling rolling two. You're rolling two. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your target number is? Four. Okay. So you need a four or lower, and you've got one. You are gliding around, and you notice that there is indeed someone going through. They stand out a little bit because they have those ears, almost like the ears of a deer kind of poking out. Since you're up nice and high, you can see that. That's seeming to fit what you've heard from Hutch. They're looking around, and when they look around, their eyes fall on the frog that is up in the air. And you have this moment of recognition, and the person grins. Their mouth is, like, too wide when they grin. It's it's just n- not quite human. And then he dashes into the chocolate connection. I guess I'll follow him. Are you trying to follow him in the air or down on the ground and hopping in? On the ground, on the ground. So we've got Bubbles hopping in to the Chocolate Connection. We're going to cut now back over to Sir Squiggles. You are headed up <laughs> with your grappling hook up to the top of the deli. So the deli is uh, its another one of these two-story buildings with a, a flat roof. You grappling hook yourself up and are onto the roof. What you going to do? I want to look for a gargoyle. You're looking around. There is... Obviously not a gargoyle here. That much you can you can easily ascertain. I mean, there's only a couple of places you could put a gargoyle and not be able to see it right away. You check the couple of places they're not here. But what you find is a place where there is a kind of a, a worn shape where you figure this looks like 
a gargoyle was sitting here for a very long time. The weather patterns are different on each side. It's a little cleaner in this spot, but there's no gargoyle here. What else do I do now? Rendezvous? It's, how do you say it? Rendezvous? Yeah, that one. It's um, a good word. Rendezvous with the frog. Didn't make a rendezvous plan. I'll just come to wherever you are. That would be across the street. Grappling the- hook. Just grappling your way across the street, daddy. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty far shot. What you could try to do, I suppose, would be to grapple down onto one of the Halloween parade floats and then grapple off of that on over to the other side. Yeah. That's going to be a roll. Seeing as I'm trying to be sneaky. Uh-huh. Well, I'll do, do one for that. Hold on. Does using my something useful give me a roll? It makes it possible rather than giving you an extra die. If you didn't have the grappling hook, you couldn't even try. I guess I got two. Okay, this to me sounds like a claws roll, because it's a physical action that you're trying to attempt here. Am I trying to get lower or higher? You're trying to get your number or higher with a claws roll. I got a four. Nice. Okay, so one success, but it comes with a complication. Tell me about this Halloween float that you have grappled yourself onto. I think it's very sturdy. For no reason at all. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no reason at all. It's it's solid. Not going to fall apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's it depicting? I think it's like a big dragon. And I think, am I supposed to do a complication too? I'll come up with a complication. You're just getting to paint the scene for me a bit. It's got lots of colorful lights on it, but not at the top where I grappled to. I'm in the dark. Oh, okay. So you grappled on, and you actually grappled right over onto its head. You're on its head where there aren't a bunch of lights. That was a clever maneuver. And then suddenly it goes, and it blows smoke out through its nostrils in a very grand display. And it means you've got a lung full of smoke and smoke in your eyes. Your eyes are kind of watering. So you're there. You're sneaky, but you're, uh, I don't know what a fox sounds like when it's having a coughing fit. But that's totally the noise that's coming from this dragon right now. <laughs> what are you going to do? Grapple to the chocolate connection. Okay. Could I, like, make plants grow for my grappling vine? So you have the plants, like, wrap around and tighten up on your grappling hook to make sure that it's yeah. it's locked on good? Okay. That works for me. So you're using your plant magic? So am I doing claws or whiskers? This is another claws roll. This is a, a physical action you're trying to accomplish here. You got two of them, which is good, because if you'd gotten additional complications with that smoke still in your lungs and all, they could have gone downhill quickly. But you manage, with your plants helping out, to get yourself on top of the roof of the chocolate connection. Let's cut back to Bubbles. You have snuck yourself into the chocolate connection. Now what? Lots of activity in here. Lots of kids going trick-or-treating. Lots of people just buying lots of candy. And you don't immediately see the puka. I want to, like, sneakily climb a display or something. Oh, sure, yeah. To be on top of something. If you could cover yourself in chocolate. I cover myself in chocolate (laughs) and then pretend to be a chocolate frog and stand at the top of a display. That sounds awesome. Can I get an extra one for being convincing because I'm convincing people that I'm made of chocolate? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm thinking this is a whiskers action. Because okay. you're trying to like disguise yourself, but if you wanted to argue for claws, I could see it, depending on how you want to approach it. Can I argue it after I roll? <laughs> no, you get to pick beforehand. Nice okay, try. I'm going to go with whiskers. Okay. I'm better at that. All right. Two fours. Your target what number is a... Uh, 
Four. So not only do you have two successes, you get to ask a question. Do you want to describe this process of encasing yourself in chocolate and getting to a, a location? Do you think maybe they have like melted chocolate to dip apples in or something? Oh, and absolutely. I drench myself in it and then climb up a display. <laughs> you leap through the chocolate fountain <laughs> uh, up to the top so of a display. Very sanitary. Very sanitary. Oh, super sanitary. Rachel, what should my question be? Daddy, go away. Okay. I will be back shortly. Do you have any ideas for what your question could be? I don't know. It's like when you don't have the chance to ask a question, he'll honestly answer. Then you have every single question you possibly can in mind. But when yeah. you do have one, then it's like, uh... Hmm. What do we need to know still? Ooh, what's the guy's plan? I think that's good. All right, what's the question? Okay, we want to know what the puka's plan is. Ooh, what is the puka's plan? All right. So you've got yourself up on this nice display, and you're totally blending in as a chocolate frog. And as the chocolate is sliding slightly off your monocle, you can see there's the puka. And they are completely enamored of this place. They keep grabbing little bits of chocolate. Nope, 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 nope. They just clearly love this shop. And what, what are they doing that makes you realize this puka is going to try to portal this entire chocolate shop into the fairy realm. I have an idea. What's your idea? Maybe he's got a little notebook that he opens up that you read. Mm. Maybe he's like taking some measurements of things, different places, oh, like okay. how big the walls are and like that kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <gasps> That's why he took the gargoyle, so that he can portal the stuff. Mm-hmm. We should have asked where the gargoyle was. All right, that's what you got, Bubbles. This puka's totally got some big plans for tonight. What's Bubbles' next step? So Sir Squiggle is coming here, right? Yeah, I'd say Sir Squiggles is in the process of going from float to building about this time. Okay, because I want to tell them what's going on and what I've discovered. You two have been a team for quite a while. You trained together, you did a lot of missions together. I'm going to offer up that you have a feeling for where would we rendezvous? You probably discussed it or have plans. So is is Bubbles going to head up to the rooftop or mm -hmm. is Sir Squiggles got to come down? I'll go up because I can fly up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Super easy. I think it'd be a lot harder for me to disguise myself in a chocolate shop. All right. So we've got Bubbles with this important knowledge in hand or in, in what are frog cans called? I don't know. Not flippers. Grippers. Grippers, <laughs> yes. And then... Well, nobody's looking. They're out the door and wings go floof and they go up to the rooftop where Sir Squiggles is waiting. From the planning perspective, just thinking things through, if he's going to try to portal this thing, it would certainly make a lot of sense, as you've already surmised, that somehow he's integrated the gargoyle into it. The gargoyle will need to be on or in this building to make it work. Based on the patch that you saw above the deli, you'd say that this gargoyle is probably about the size of a small dog. It could be hidden inside something. Oh, but here's something else. For a gargoyle to do a portal, they have to have moonlight on them. So with that in mind, if they're they inside, they've got to be next to a window. They're probably outside somewhere, or at least they will be shortly. Can we look they around the rooftop? Yeah, they could be hidden as like a garden gnome or something. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. It's Halloween, so the, uh, the gargoyle is dressed up like a garden gnome. Okay, probably need to just check around the rooftop. No, wanna roll? Roll with 
sounds like this is something that's going to require a roll. By who? By whoever's doing the looking, unless you're helping each other, in which case yes. you both get in on it. Yes. Okay. We're helping. Let's say we're both doing it. Okay. Who's the primary and who's the helper? If it's going to be like in gardens and stuff, can the plants tell me where it is? I would be just fine with you using plant magic for the plants to tell you if it's around. That would be fine. Yeah. So that would be one d six, and then I would need to sneak around, right? If I'm going to be looking for it. I think what you could argue is that you're very sneaky. You understand how to be sneaky. What you're doing is you're saying, if I were a gargoyle trying to be sneaky, where would I try to hide? Mm-hmm. So you're flipping that around, but you're still getting the, the bonus from sneaky. So I have three dice. All right. Bubbles? Okay. I think I just have the one. Getting some height, doing some mm-hmm. flying around kind of thing, I think would be just fine too. Okay. So you could probably roll two of them. Should I roll or should Finn roll? Finn just rolled. Were they trying to get below or higher? Well, that was a whiskers roll, so lower. Oh, okay. dang, that's two complications. That's zero successes. If none of your dice succeed, things go very wrong. Can so, I roll now? So now, Sir Squiggles, go ahead and roll yours. You do not get the extra dice from help because Bubbles had a complication. So am I doing whiskers? You need a three or less. I have a three and a one. Ah, so you got two successes. You accomplished your goal. And I note one of those is a three, which is your target number. I have my question already. Actually, no, we'll learn those anyway. We should wait until he... Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to offer up. Bubbles, you are doing your, your flip, flip, get to a high spot, look around, flip, flip, go to another high spot, look around. You're not seeing any gargoyle, but what you hear is the screaming. What you see is the people pushing and jostling and just flowing out of the chocolate connection. They are scared. They are running, and the building is clearing. You don't know what's going on in there, but these people are freaked and running. The deer guy would want to clear people out so that they didn't get teleported, too. While that's going on, Sir Squiggles, you're querying some of the plants that are up here, seeing if any of them have seen the gargoyle. How do plants relay messages back to you when you ask them questions? They shape into the letters. Okay, cool, cool. Well, let's see. What do they spell out? They spell out gnome, and they spell out coming. You know, the the letters probably don't form super fast. But as you're reading that, up over the edge of the roof comes a gargoyle. It has been painted. It's got kind of a red-looking pointy bit on its head. It's got blue on it. If it were to, like, kind of hunch in a certain way and sit very still, it could look like a garden gnome. But currently, it looks like a gargoyle that fell in some paint, maybe? You're thinking the clearing of the building was its cue to come up and prepare itself up in the moonlight. It is no longer trying to hide. It's getting ready to do whatever it's going to do. Can I run up to it? Absolutely. Me too, because I'm convincing. You are. Sir Squiggles and Bubbles, you dash up to this badly painted gargoyle. Your question, you did not. Thanks for reminding me. That's great. What would you like to ask? Almost got away with it. If it wasn't for these meddling kids. Kids these days. Yeah, I want to ask the questions. Can I save my question? I suppose if you want to save it, we can go that route. Okay. Okay. Question has been banked. The two of you are moving up right next to the gargoyle. The gargoyle is positioning itself in the center of the, the roof. What would you like to do? Be like, hey, gargoyle, deli gargoyle. 
and it's uh, positioning itself and it's staring up at the moon. It's not paying a lot of attention to you. The gargoyle at Three Pine Trees told us to talk to you. The gargoyle slowly turns to look at you and it, it rumbles and it says, I'm busy. Well, you don't need to be busy any longer, my, my dear gargoyle. I have a question now. What's what? the question? What is he called, you guy? So you, are you wanting to know, like, what's what's going on here as far as the connection between the gargoyle and the puka? All right. This does not fit at all within the concept of what a gargoyle would do. The idea that it's, it's helping somebody who's not even supposed to be here, and they're going to try to portal a whole building back, that sounds really out of character for a gargoyle. Part of their job is to control transfer between the two worlds and it's something they take pretty seriously so you're thinking the puka has some level of control over this thing that they shouldn't like magically or just yeah let's say it's a magical control so you're looking at this gargoyle and you realize that hidden by some of the paint is the fact that it's wearing a necklace it's like a chain a gold chain gargoyles don't wear jewelry that's very odd can I like lunge forward and snatch it up? You can try. Bubbles, are you are you assisting or are you doing something different? I can try to help distract it. What are you gonna do to try to distract it? Like fly around its head. Alright, so the frog is going to be flying around, getting up in its face. Sounds good to me. That sounds like a clause, because it's uh, a physical get, activity. Do I get one for using my wings? Absolutely. A, a thought. You are convincing. You could try to, like, talk to it and distract it in a convincing manner if you wanted to do that, because then it would be a whiskers roll. Either way, totally up to you so how you want to tackle it. I could try to convince them that the puka is trying to do something bad. Yeah. And then Rachel can go for the necklace while I'm doing that. Sounds excellent. Okay. We'll have you go first. If you're successful, Rachel will get an extra die on hers. Okay. I got a five and a two. Okay, the two will get you there. Success, well, there might be a complication in there, but that is enough that, Rachel, you now have an extra die. So you have your first die, your plant magic, and the the help that this thing is getting distracted by uh, a very Should convincing frog. Is sneaky to sneak up on them? Sure, if that's how you'd like to try to do it. I have four die now. All right. I'm thinking of this as a whiskers roll. Because you are trying to be sneaky, and that means being controlled and careful. Six, five, three, two. Nice. That's uh, two successes, and one of them is your target number. Would you like to describe for us how you swipe its chain necklace while it's being distracted by bubbles? I use my plant magic to kind of, like, restrain it. And I think, like, I just sneak up behind it and grab the necklace off of it. As soon as you touch that necklace, you feel it's like buzzing. This is clearly a magic necklace. And you whip it off, and the gargoyle just freezes for a second and blinks. And then it says, thank you. Get the puka. There's a a level of menace to that last bit in its rumbling. And then a pause. And then, why am I wearing paint? All right. Above the deli has been freed from control. You feel that you have successfully brought this plan to a halt. The chocolate connection is not going to get portaled. Last thing on your docket is getting the puka. Does Bubbles have a plan to get the puka? What if 
If I try to talk to the hookah to distract it, and then you tie it up? Yeah. All right. You drop down off the side of the building to the sidewalk, and you peer into the chocolate connection, and there you see, shoving as much chocolate into his face as he possibly can, the puka. He looks pretty distracted right now. That is true. Oh, one last thing. There are probably a whole lot of people out front that went running out of this place. There's an open window that the gargoyle had come out of, so you can go down the side and through the window without having to go through the front of the building. Sound good? Okay. So yes, the puka is there eating as much chocolate as he can shove in his gullet. And past him are the big windows. The puka is using magic to just like slam chocolate back and forth. Chocolates are flying and splattering themselves against the windows. That's probably what happened is the chocolate started pelting people. And that's why they all ran out. The front windows of the store are kind of getting this layer of chocolate on them as stuff keeps pelting the windows. So people can't see through very well. You're in a good position to do things without being seen by the crowd. All right. With that lead up, which plan do you want to go with? I'll try to distract him. We'll just go land on his head. That that would do it. <laughs> do you still have chocolate on you at this point? <laughs> yeah. So you go thwap, landing forcefully onto his forehead like this frog smack. Yeah, he's got a face full of frog and he just freezes. Tie him up, tie him up. Can I use my plant magic to tie him up? Absolutely. Let's roll him. How many do I roll? You've got your plant magic is two. I'm helping. So that's three. Am I trying to be sneaky about it? Are you? Yes. Then roll four of them, looking for whiskers. All right. One, two, three, five. One, two, three, five. That's three. With three or more successes, you get a critical success, which means some extra effect. Oh, you get all these cocoa plants bursting up from all the chocolate, and they vine up his legs. It gets pretty far along before he notices, because you're being sneaky. And oh, also, there's, there's this large frog poking him in the eyes yes he transforms into a rabbit and the rabbit with a frog on it drops down to the floor level but is still getting wrapped up with the plants can't get away and he transforms into a fox but he's still bound up transforms like two more times until finally he's just there as uh, this little um raven and he was trying to fly one last go go small and, and wings and and but you've got him all entangled up and he's ending up in this vine ball and he just can't move and he says, ah, oh, no, no, I need all my chocolate. I need all my chocolates. And that's when above the deli has climbed down the side of the building. They can still see enough moon to make this work, apparently. And they just open their mouth at the window. And through it, you can see the moonlit forest of the fairy realm. Throw him through the portal. All right. The ball of vines containing the raven goes through the portal. It shimmers and it's through. Unless there's anything else you want to do, you can follow suit. All right. You go through the jelliness of the portal and thum, thum, you are once again in the open glade. There's three pines and there's Misty, the royal clerk. And there is the very bound up Puka still in raven form because he can't really transform into anything bigger now. He's sort of stuck. And Misty says, whoa, nice job. Did you have any trouble with him? Oh, mm, of course we? not. Says the frog covered in chocolate. We did our job. Oh, you didn't even have to use your montage scene. We can do it right now. Catapult the goat! Catapult the goat. <laughs> and off you go into the night. And that's our show on the Fey Team. If it sounded like fun, please check it out on Itch.io. Our intro and outro themes were created by McRow Music. This episode also features music and ambient soundtracks by Michael Gelfie Studios. 
A list of specific tracks and links to their work are available in our show notes. Thanks again for listening and have a good night. <laughs> and now let the adventure begin. I was waiting for the wee That's exactly what I was waiting for. <laughs> can, we do, can we do that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the wee <clears throat> Okay. And now let the adventure begin. Wee-haw! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>